Our series, The King and His Kingdom, in the Gospel of Matthew, continues today with our focus on kingdom priority. And our reading, Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, starts like this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? And it ends with these two verses. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, as we've been looking, Jesus announces the kingdom of heaven. He launches his preaching ministry saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Jesus is living out the kingdom and he is showing it to us. That word repent, as Paul said last week, is um, to turn around. If you keep going in the same direction, you will miss what is coming. And today's passage, well, it's towards the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In it, Matthew has gathered together a summary of Jesus' kingdom teaching. And Jesus has saved until now the vital priority, the essential key to kingdom living, both now and for all eternity. This key unlocks for us the peace and permanence of the kingdom. And it's this key that unlocks for us freedom from worry. It's based on choice. A choice, will we trust Jesus that he is telling us the way, exhorting us to go his way? The key kingdom priority, Jesus is saying, is this. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And the promise, all these things will be given to you as well. The kingdom of heaven is the primary subject of the Sermon on the Mount. And this verse is the great summing up. That kingdom which Jesus was building right there for all who would be with him, be like him and do things he did, was a kingdom, as Paul described to the newly forming forming church in Rome, not of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. And the righteousness of the kingdom was the passage we read last week that Jesus had come to fulfil the law and the prophets. And he says, whoever practices and teaches these commands, not setting aside even the least of the commandments, that is seeking God's righteousness. That is the kingdom and the righteousness to seek first. And all these things, that is all that we require for this present life, will be given to you as well. There's a deliberate choice Jesus is asking us to make. And as we cast our minds back over the range of his teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, from the Beatitudes to being salt and light, his teachings on anger, adultery, divorce, forgiveness, loving our enemies and prayer. In all these things, Jesus is asking us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And notice that Jesus has got personal here, where before Matthew has said the kingdom of heaven, He now describes it as the kingdom of God. He's speaking to us personally. It can be difficult to make decisions and there are lots of them for us to make on a daily basis as we go through life. From small choices we don't even realise we're making to more substantial ones such as to what to eat, what to wear. We're constantly making choices in our brains. But just how many decisions do you think we make? 
Some sources suggest that the average person makes an eye-popping 35,000 choices a day. Assuming most of us spend around seven hours a day sleeping and thus blissfully choice-free, that makes roughly 2,000 decisions an hour or one decision every two seconds. In every choice, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I know right now for some of us, we are facing serious choices about health issues, our mental and physical well-being. Others of you don't need to hear about food cost inflation. It is right in front of you, decisions that you're having to make. For others, it's caring for relatives, whether the very young or the old. Choices indeed. I want to focus on a few verses before that because our passage helpfully starts with therefore do not worry easy to say not so easy to do whenever we see therefore in the scripture we have to ask ourselves what is the therefore therefore so looking at the few verses before Jesus is showing the difference between earthly treasures and heavenly treasures first of all earthly treasures the things of this world the anything other than the kingdom of God and his righteousness. To be wrapped up in the treasures of the world as goal and mastering principle of life is actually to hold an extremely shallow understanding of who we are and our true value. For a start, earthly treasures, whether wealth or things or fame or education, maybe even health, they are temporary. Jesus is not forbidding them, nor are they inherently bad. Paul in his letter to Timothy says God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment and in the Old Testament Solomon in Proverbs encourages his hearers to store goods for our needs, to wisely store in prosperous times, to provide for our families. So it's about not letting selfishness be the motivation but rather service. Not only are earthly treasures temporary, they are also troublesome. Five times Jesus uses the word worry in our passage. Worry about food, about clothing, about life itself. The more we have, the more we have to worry about. The very thing which in our naivety we assumed would bring security actually produces insecurity. And another illusion about earthly treasures, the more we possess, the more content we will be, well, the reality is that contentment has little to do with material accumulation or intellectual accumulation or indeed physical accumulation, muscles for muscle's sake, beauty for beauty's sake. Jesus said, be on your guard against all types of greed. A person's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. In fact, it merely gets us locked into an insatiable cycle and never satisfied. What begins as treasure presents itself as something which serves us and furthers our interest. It's a servant to us. Then, in our pursuit of it, it becomes our vision, the goal on which we set our sights, and so it drives us. Then what begins as treasure grows into our vision, finally becomes our master. Instead of it serving us, we serve it. And Jesus was forewarning us of the trap. 
When treasure on earth is your goal, worry is our experience. So if earthly treasures are temporary and troublesome, heavenly treasures are the exact opposite. They are permanent and peaceful. Let's look at permanent to start with. In verse 20, just before our passage, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. To lay up treasures in heaven is to live on earth with heaven in mind. Jesus is telling us that our values and goals are not to be confined to this life and judged by other people. Rather, we are to have eternal values and goals at the heart with God as empire, uh, sorry, as umpire. Secondly, our heavenly treasures are peaceful. The statements of worry mentioned throughout our passage from verses 25 to 34 that characterise a person whose treasure is on earth are removed for the person whose treasure is in heaven. So verses 25 and 31 mention do not worry about food. Well, we're obliged to work for our food, but the text goes on to say pagans run after all these things, whereas we are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And as a consequence, all other issues will find their true perspective, including the food we need. When our treasures are in heaven, we may enjoy our material possessions, in fact, more fully than anyone else, but they hold a different status. They serve us rather than master us. When Jesus said, look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Jesus is not saying we're not responsible for providing food for our families. After all, birds don't sit in nests waiting with their beaks open. They work hard to gather and feed their young. St Paul says if a man will not work, he will not eat. It's worth noting it does not say if he cannot work, but will not work. Because there are some for whom there is no work currently to do or for others who are physically not able to work. Paul is not speaking of either of these. Do not worry about clothes. In the material world, image becomes everything, not just our clothes, but our accessories, our vehicles, our homes, our education, our occupation. In contrast, Jesus says, see how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothed the grass of the field, will he not much more clothe you? And then finally in verses 27 and 34, do not worry about length of life, adding a single hour to our life or worrying about tomorrow. When we live with an eternal dimension in view, death loses its threat. For those whose treasure is on earth, Death is the ultimate threat, for it ends everything. But again, St Paul quoting Hosea, the prophet Hosea, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? It says in the letter to the Corinthians. 
we may live with confidence that death is only a gateway. The grave for a Christian is the place where he or she puts on new clothes. The perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality. So Jesus gives us the key to having kingdom vision as both a firm foundation for the life to come and also to enable us to take hold of the life now that is truly life. We are to seek his kingdom first. For that we need the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen and guide us and we need to play our part as well as we open ourselves up to his prompting of the things we need to pick up and the things that need to be laid down. As we remember that first Pentecost today, I wonder what if the month ahead or the month of June, if for you and for me, it's a month of forming new habits, could it be that by the end of June, you and I, like Paul, will be declaring from experience that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Wherever it is breaking into your life as a result of you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness by the power and prompting of his Holy Spirit as you pray. Amen.